This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, Toronto, Canada. Zucchino with you in studio this morning. Adam Scully along for the ride. Weeksy is here. We're just having a little technical difficulties connecting Bob. He is trying to broadcast this morning from an underground shelter. I don't know why he is there. The walls are very thick. You cannot get a signal in or a signal out. No, I'm just kidding. He will jump in at some point. Everybody enjoying the heat, though? Is it moving? Is it got far enough east yet to Toronto? It's feeling like it's coming this way. If you're listening to us on the iHeartRadio app or online, you're listening to us on the West Coast. We hope you're uh, staying in the air conditioning, staying cool. It's hot out there. It's moving this way. If you're on 1050 in Toronto, good morning. We got a busy show. Skulls, before we get into it this morning, rumor on the street is. The putter has gone cold for Adam Scully. Is this true? Can you confirm or deny that the putter has gone cold for Adam Scully? You know what? Uh, I can confirm. It's it's very hot outside, but the flat stick has gone ice cold. It's very cold right now. I had a lesson last week for my ball striking. Maybe I should have had a lesson for my putting because I'm now hitting the ball very straight, which is terrifying to think. But very some straight bombs, but around the greens... I might need a bit of a Zucchino lesson. Maybe you have to call our good friend Ralph Bauer for a quick lesson. <laughs> Maybe I should putt blindfolded. Maybe I should putt looking at the hole. Maybe I should putt with my heel up like Bubba Watson. I'll get into that. And winner's weird and what? Because how weird is that? I've got to try something. If weird. any of our viewing uh, listeners have any suggestions for my putting, please reach out to us on social media because I need help. I, I find it so interesting, you know, with like Bubba with the heel up, and I know you're going to get into that later on in Winner's Weird and What. Uh, I just love, like, you love and hate putting all at the same time. You hate it because it's like, it's a different sport. You get to the green, and it's like a different game. And, I you know, I have this conversation with some friends of mine often that, you know, like goaltending in hockey has become in this playoffs, putting is often there's too much weight in one facet of the game where you know really really good putting can almost erase everything you do from the tee to the green and then really bad putting can erase everything positive you do from the tee to the green but i do find it interesting on all the little band-aids and all the little things that people can do to kind of trick their brain to your point adam with the heel you know i've tried everything and uh, i think bob's with us now bob I've never seen you struggle with your putting. I've never seen you like have issues where you think you got to change your grip or close one eye or do some type of bizarre ritual dance before you get to the green. You're always kind of steady, Eddie. Is 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 this kind of? Am I reading this right? Like I never even hear you talk about struggling with your putting. No, I never. I mean, I have bad putting days, but I don't necessarily have long stretches of it. And I can usually pr- fix it pretty well on the green. If I have a bad day, I can go to the putting green and fix it. And so I, 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 I can't really sympathize with you, although uh, I did have some of the chipping yips a little bit earlier this year. So I don't know. Um, but it's, um, 
I feel for people who have putting problems because it's just generally, it's the most common and the most um, obvious, I guess, sign of frustration, right? Especially, I think you were just saying, I was listening as I was trying to get connected where, you know, you hit a great drive, you hit a great iron and everything gets ruined by a little four foot putt or something. It can suck the life and the fun out of it. Uh, it really can. All right, we have a busy show. Lots of golf. Lots of leaderboards in the world of golf. Eight-hole playoff on the PGA Tour. Majors on the Champions Tour and LPGA Tour. Uh, big win for Victor Hovland in Europe. We're going to give away five Team Canada polos from Adidas this morning in Hour 1. And guess what? Another five in Hour 2. Ten in total. And uh, we're going to do that coming up in the next uh, little while. Have I lost both my co-hosts now? I'm getting thumbs down here. I, I think I might be riding solo here. Oh, Adam's up. So I'm back. Adam's I'm back. with me still. Hi. We got lots. What, no, what's going on today, boys? But uh, we'll figure it out. Um, so much to get to. Let's hit it. Some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. We're also going to give away a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card at the end of uh, hour one as well when we give away those first five Adidas polos. Of course, uh, lots of golf to get to. Before we get to it, did you see the travel restrictions, Adam, or the COVID restrictions at the Open Championship? Uh, players not allowed to share homes. Players not allowed to go for dinner. Uh, they're going to be tested multiply regardless of their vaccination, uh, if they've been double vaxxed, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Um, I find this all very bizarre, and I'm going to tell you why I find it all, all very bizarre. I find it bizarre because they're going to allow 32,000 spectators. And if you feel you're living in an environment that is safe enough to have 32,000 spectators, and I'm not saying it is safe enough or not safe enough, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not qualified to make that statement, but they have made that statement that they're qualified enough to say 32,000 people could come in here. If, uh, if you're going to allow 32,000 people, then people should be able to go for dinner and da-da-da-da-da and, and live a fairly normal existence. I find this completely contradictory uh, to one another. These two, they're polar opposites. Yeah, it's certainly a strange situation. Obviously, they're you know trying to be as, as safe and as cautious as possible. But, you know, it, it's, it's a very, I mean, given what we've seen for the last, I don't know, six or eight weeks on the PGA Tour, how it essentially seems like a fairly normal environment. You think back to Phil Mickelson, that iconic walk up the 18th hole with thousands of people around him, nowhere near anywhere social distancing going on, just Phil amongst the fans, and Brooks Kepka was complaining that a fan was trying to clip his knee, but they were all sort of gathered together. So it's going to be a strange situation to see this again. Uh, I think we have Bob back now uh, over the over our system here. Bob, what are your thoughts on the, the COVID rules or restrictions that the Open will be having in a couple of weeks? They seem sort of incongruous, you know, like you got the players who are not allowed to stay with any other player or any other caddy. They have four people in a room so they can have, if they rented a house, they can have the player, the caddy, trainer, chef if you want. They can't go to a grocery store, can't go to a bar, can't go to a restaurant, can't do anything like that. And And to me, it's sort of weird then that they're going to ask them to go out into the golf course and 32,000 people there rocking all around. So, uh, I mean, these are in the big scheme of things, these are pretty small problems though. I mean, if you, you know, you can, you can move a few things around. The only difficulty I think is that they came pretty late. So I know a lot of people had, um, accommodations already planned like Pete Cowan, 
the well-known coach was going to uh, spend, he's, he had rented a place with three other caddies. Well, they can't do that now. So, uh, you know, the caddy has to be with the player. So it's, it's just a little awkward, but, uh, hey, these are the times we live in. It's bizarre, and it makes no sense, and it's another epic fail. And There's been many epic fails in this entire thing, top to bottom. This time it's just a golf tournament, so to Bob's point in the big picture, who really cares? Uh, but it's just so struggling and mind-boggling when just follow the science, follow the math, and this is completely contradictory, uh, contradictory to one another, these two policies. It's just absolutely bizarre. And on the heels of that, guys, Terrell Hatton, Sergio Garcia, Louis Ustase, and three of the latest big names to say, see ya, not going to the Olympics, uh, citing different reasons, but we, I think we all kind of know there's an underlying factor here. Uh, that uh, some of them maybe just don't want to deal with it, with what Japan Olympics is going to look like. It's going to be very tight in restrictions. It's going to be uh, not look like anything happening in America, for example. Um, and uh, they're out. Sergio saying, really, this is a Ryder Cup thing for him. I don't know. Uh, Bob, are you surprised at this? And are you surprised that maybe, or will you be surprised if a couple of people choose to walk away from the Open Championship? Uh, I would be more surprised if they walked away from the Open, for sure. I think I think the Olympics, for a lot of people, doesn't hold the same cachet as as it does here in Canada. And I think um, it is a busy time. You know, they come back and they go right into the FedEx Cup. They've got a major mm-hmm. right on the heels of that. So, But listen, if there's a will, there's a way. I think you compare it to what's going on in the women's game. There's not one single top player who has taken a pass on going to the Olympics, which I find interesting because they've got a busier schedule than the men do in many ways. But uh, listen, it's, you know, it's, it's the Olympics. Uh, Adam, do you think uh, somebody falls? Do you think someone bails from uh, the Open Championship? Yeah, uh, I'm, from the Open Championship, I would say no, um, given as well, like, it's the Irish Open later this week and many some top names are over there including Rory McIlroy yes I know he's Irish but I don't expect to see any players any significant major players bail um because oh because of COVID I I I really think they're going to go over it's a major championship I know some players you know in the past Bubba Watson for example hasn't maybe enjoyed the experience of playing in the Open Championship for many different reasons but I don't see anyone just saying no to the chance to win the Clara Chug. And plus, you know, it's kind of, kind of crazy to think that it's been two years since the last Open Championship. Plus, these guys have enough money where they can bring in their own cooks, their own this, their own that. It's not like, uh, you know, but uh, it, again, it's it's just mind-boggling, mind-boggling that you would still let 32000 And Bob, uh, before we wrap up, we're running late segment one. Toronto Courses meeting again uh, this week. Um I know this is more a local story, but uh, for those of us, uh, our listeners out west, etc., this could happen in your city. It could be coming soon, right, as real estate prices and land prices go through the roof. Um, I understand while some of these areas might want to be developed, I understand the need for more housing. I understand the need for more affordable housing. I understand the tax revenue generated by developing property. Where it changes for me, Bob, is where it's obvious that some of these golf properties cannot be developed for housing. And if they can't be developed for housing and they can't fit a, a, fix a cause or a problem for a city, then, then why the war against golf on some of these? It's absolutely ridiculous, especially considering the tee sheets are full. 
They had a uh, they had one general conference uh, last week or two weeks ago, I guess now, on it, and uh, now they're doing ones for individual courses. So there's one for Scarlet Woods, one for D'Antonio, one for Don Valley, and the links to get into those to sign up for them are on my Twitter handle. If you want them, you can go and find them on there. Uh, but it is it, it's uh, like you said, most of those golf courses are built on floodplain land, which means you can't develop them. You can't build anything on there. And I will give them some props that they are not it's not necessarily uh, a, a black or a white. They're looking for solutions. They're looking for the interest. But if people really love these golf courses, then you have to step up and you have to speak out. So if you want to, you want Scarlet Woods to stay around, if you want Don Valley to stay around, sign up, go on there and say your piece, and uh, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll turn it in. I think I think there's a happy medium solution where you can take the land and you can use it, utilize it in the winter. You can put some walking trails in or cross country skiing. It doesn't have to be just a, a black or a white decision, and hopefully that's what we'll come to. And I know that's what uh, Dentonia had already started doing last winter and whatnot. And I do like the fact, Bob, that they are separating the golf courses and not putting a blanket over them. Because to your point, some of the golf courses, like if you're Tamil Shanner, for example, uh, fairly easy property to develop. You know, it's flat. It's uh, not in a floodplain, et cetera, yada, yada. Comparing that to Don Valley and calling them the same situations, it's it's night and day. So at least the, it's a good starting point that we've divided these into separate issues now with separate properties, and we'll see how it goes from there. Okay, on the other side, eight-hole playoff. Eight-hole playoff. Harris English becomes the fifth Two-time winner on the PGA Tour this season. We'll hear from Harris English coming up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Harris English becomes the fifth player this season to win more than once on the PGA Tour. His second victory vaulting himself now to second on the FedEx Cup points list in an eight-hole playoff over Kramer Hickok at the Travelers Championship. Both players 13 under par. Lots of weird things in this one. Kevin Kisner, a strange week, and Bubba Watson had the lead looking for his fourth Travelers Championship and just imploded down the stretch. But, Bob, you know what stands out at me, Bob, when we when I was watching this eight-hole playoff? Was it an epic fail to not have the 15th hole in this playoff somehow? Like, you've got one of the greatest short par fours on the PGA Tour uh, and it's not like you didn't decide to move the crowd. They moved the crowd to 17. It's not like they did the all eight holes on 18. The 15th hole is is basically the same distance as the 17th hole. Um, I don't know. That, that was a head-scratcher for me, especially a hole where there could be volatility like that, and maybe we wouldn't have had to go eight holes. Maybe if they had had the 15th hole in there, this thing could have gone you know, three or four holes and figure out a winner. I think hindsight's uh, very easy to judge him on that, but you never expect, let's face it, it's going to go eight holes. You figure it's going to go one or two or maybe three or something like that. But, yeah, I think if they'd said, okay, if it goes more than four holes, we're going to take you over to the 15th or something like that. And by that time, half the crowd's probably left anyway. Although there was a good number there still at the end doing the wave and, and, and all that. But, but yeah, it's... Um, it's there's kind of like monotony, right? A little groundhog day when you're going back to this basically the same two holes, and uh, 
um, the 18th more than the 17th, but on and on and on it went. It's uh, it's an unusual thing to have eight, I mean, eight holes with, between two players. I remember Dave Barr was in a playoff at the Quad Cities, and, there, and he won, but there were six players, and it went eight holes. So I, I, I guess you just never expected it to go that long. It was a Sunday 65 that put Harris English in position for his second win of the year. There was some clutch putting by both players in the playoff to keep it uh, going, keep it alive. He wins the Century Tournament of Champions, now the Travelers Championship. Let's hear from Harris English. I I knew I had to stay in it. Um, I was tired. Uh, Back was getting sore a little bit, but I knew anything could happen, and you just got to grind out there. I mean, 17 and 18, both downwind holes, both pretty difficult pins to get close to. And um, Kramer and I made some some great putts. I mean, hats off to him for a good fight. We were both fighting. Um, it seemed like every hole we played, um, one guy had the advantage, another one ended up making a six or seven footer to keep it going. So uh, it was a good fight and um, came down to uh, somebody making birdie finally. Uh, we, were, we were both joking. Like somebody's got to make a birdie at some point, and um, I'd had that putt a few times um, the last probably hour and a half, and, and finally read it right and, and hit a good putt. What's more bizarre, Bob, coming out of this Travelers Championship that uh, Brooks Kepka says, you know, hey, my leg's swollen, and although it's better than I thought it'd be, I just can't really get up for events i'm having a hard time concentrating and i just can't get into this is what he's saying or bubba watson a chance to win this championship for the fourth time has the lead heading to the back nine and completely implodes on a golf course he's owned uh all of the above <laughs> it's like both, those, both do either of those things really surprise us i mean in, in, in any way shape or form bubba has known to have the wheels fall off, although it was surprising considering, as you said, this is the course where he's just dominated so much. And it really seemed to be just, you know, maybe one thing or one swing or something that kind of just unlocked this flow of bad shots and bad luck. Um, Brooks, I thought, was past the the leg stuff. and uh, and But we've known about this focus thing for a while, right? He just says, yeah, I can't get up. He's tried it and he... And I think I think especially the week after a major where you probably put so much into it is probably part of that as well. Getting tired down the stretch if you're not in. I mean, he was in the hunt. That's the thing uh, earlier on, right? So um, both are are surprising and yet not. Adam last week uh, told me that Kepka will definitely be on his team. Is TSN Edge. By the way, guys, we almost got another win there. We, I know we all had Bubba Watson this week on the TSN Edge picks. picks. It would have been another week. We we still did okay with our picks. Everybody uh, had players in the mix and, and, and under par, but Adam suggested for the Open Championship, there's not a doubt that, that Kepka will be part of his team. How do you feel Kepka links golf, the way he's talking about majors, the what he did kind of at Torrey Pines coming off a, a mixed cut? Is this a guy that's just automatic now when it's a major? He's just going to hit a switch and, and turn it on? Because I, I just don't like that. I don't like that game. I don't think it can – I don't think that's a great long-term plan. Like, he's not on my team. <laughs> uh, I'll wait and see. I'll make reserve my judgment at this point. But, yeah, I don't think he's an automatic. Um, it's just so bizarre how good he is and yet at the same time how sort of lackadaisical he can be yeah. with a golf tournament. And, and I don't sus- – expect that he will be that way when he gets to St. George's. Um, but, but again, I think I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I'm always sort of on the fence with, with Brooks Kepka, uh, and this knee thing might, 
leg thing might kind of worry me a little bit as well, even though there's not many hills at Royal St. George's. I know it's more like a pool table. <laughs> 18 pool tables off you go all right well we'll wait and see and we don't have to wait that much longer because we will go to detroit for uh the rock and mortgage classic this week detroit rock city and then head west from there to silvis illinois for the john deere classic uh, and then of course that's it then it is the open championship and we are right back at another major um with the last major of the year for the open championship olympics and then FedEx Cup playoffs into a Ryder Cup. So there's still a lot of golf to go, still some ma- like major, major golf to go uh, in only a couple of weeks. It, it seems like a very busy schedule. I know that the Olympics have, have kind of condensed that and made it you know maybe a little busier than, than we would think. Bryson DeChambeau, who finished T19 this week, will defend his championship at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, it'll be an interesting summer. We'll have to keep our eye on it. It was an interesting women's major. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, maybe not the, maybe not exactly what we were looking for from Team Canada, but Nellie Corda, wow, she puts a big stamp on this and vaults to number one. We're going to hear from her next. We're going to break down uh, the major on the LPGA Tour that happened this week. Also, Steve Stricker with a major. Victor Hovland with a huge victory, making history on the European Tour. Lots to get to. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. Presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We have multiple majors in the world of golf this week. Nellie Corda gets it done at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. It ends up being a bit of a parade. Bob, even with a stumble down the stretch. Uh, ends up being a Sunday 68. Well done. Good for a three-shot lead, a three-shot win, I should say, over uh, Lizette Salas. And she vaults now to number one in the world, pulling the old John Rom special. I'll just grab the major and move to number one. First American to hold that since 2014 or something, I think it is. And uh, and Jin Young Ko knocked off after two years as, as number one in the world ranking, a little bit like Dustin Johnson, I guess. And I thought it was I thought it was pretty entertaining golf. I mean, Nellie Corda is a really sensational player, and two eagles in the final round. That one she hit to about a foot and a half kick-in range, just kind of like it's kind of like watching you, Mark, on the golf course. Oh, geez, hold it's, on, Bob. We haven't played this year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's pretty cool to uh, it's pretty cool to see uh, to see the Cordas uh, the sister act, you know, winning and doing all that stuff. It's pretty neat. I think it's great for the LPGA Tour. I think it's great for the game. It was a wonderful win. Before we get to the Canadian story, let's hear from Nellie Corda, the new world number one. It's been amazing, honestly. The past two days, the battle with Lizette, it's been a lot of fun. It's been stressful. I think it's had everything. <laughs> um, but I just can't believe it. I'm still in shock. A couple of uh, weird weeks for Team Canada, Bob. And I, I was calling them weird because they're not bad weeks, uh, but they're not what we were anticipating, especially from Brooke, considering her history in this championship. For Brooke, it starts off with a sluggish start, not getting out of, gates, out of the gates with a 74. 
She finishes T21 at three under par. Elena Sharp, the opposite end of that coin. I mean, what a start for her on Thursday, Friday. Two rounds in the 60s to start a major. She can't take it to the weekend. She finishes one back of Brooke at T25. Yeah, and, you know, Brooke is, uh, it's, it's, she's played so well in this tournament. Now, this tournament is held on different courses every year, so it's not like a, uh, horses for courses kind of deal. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not worried about her game. Some people have reached out to me on social media saying, oh my gosh, what's wrong with Brooke? You know, and she's not going to win every <laughs> week. She's not even going to top 10 every week. I know all she's done is win and have five top 10 so far this year. So I think we're, we're okay. Um, uh, as for Elena, you know, she has, she has struggled this year. I talked to her last week and she's uh, mostly with her putting and she had her coach, Brett Saunders, come down from, from, uh, uh, BC and they worked together almost two weeks solid just on putting on the green she found out she was kind of aiming the wrong way her aim was off a little bit so she's worked on that and her putting stats were a lot better uh, so I think it's a sign of improvement it's not obviously four great rounds like she would have had uh, would have liked I should say but I think she's moving in the right direction and um, you know she's not a, she's not a kid anymore she's 40 years old she's one of the older players out on the tour these days 16 years on the LPGA tour so uh, she's going to claw and scratch her way, I think, to, uh, to into the CME Cup and keep her keep her card again. But uh, lots of hard work ahead for her. Uh, parade on the Champions Tour, Bob. Did you? I don't know if you caught any of this, but I mean, like it was Steve Stricker opens with 63 on Thursday, and basically the tournament's over after that. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was like amazing to see him play compared to what the other guys were able to do or not able to do. And uh, and you're right. It was sort of a, a waltz. I mean, Steve Stricker is a guy who still can be competitive on the regular tour, much like Phil. I'm not sure he's quite at ready to win the PGA, uh, but hey, you'll get a shot at to win the Players Championship next year because that's uh, that's a gift that comes with the Senior Players title as you get a spot in that field. So uh, good for good for Steve Stricker. And I always like it when these guys on the Champions Tour. Every once in a while, they just catch lightning in a bottle. It doesn't seem like they do it for week after week unless they're Bernard Longer. But every once in a while, the old you know the old story comes through like Stricker who played so well for so many years and you see it week in and week out Jerry Kelly a couple of weeks ago Weirzy obviously so kind of fun to watch and to your point Bob on that players championship invite now being the senior players champion if there's a golf course on the PGA Tour there's probably about let's say call them half a dozen golf courses on the PGA Tour where a Steve Stricker a Jim Furyk a Mike Weir, whatever, might find lightning in a bottle for four days on the regular tour. I'll pull Phil Mickelson out of this equation because he's still hitting it 350 yards. So <laughs> Phil's kind of a bit of an outlier in this category. But to your point with the players, I mean, TPC Sawgrass, I mean, half the time those guys aren't hitting drivers. They're plotting their way around. It's an angle golf course. You never know. A Steve Stricker, a captain. Steve Stricker could do quite well there. He's got to flip his attention, though, to a little of event now coming up in September, I would think, as well, that he's going to have his hands full. Should they just should Steve Stricker just open up the Ryder Cup for Team USA uh, with the, just a boxing ring and send in the Shambo and Kepka like on Tuesday night and say, OK, get it out of your system now. You got, you know, eight rounds, 10 rounds, whatever it is. And when when it's when this is over, when the bell rings, or one of you can't go anymore, this is over. I I, I think you're you've missed a, a great opportunity there, Mark. You said boxing. 
I know how much you love wrestling. And I think these two guys are coming in as a tag team for the U.S. with their belts on to take on anyone from the, from the international or from the uh, European team would be great. That would might foster some fellowship between the two of them. Imagine I that, like it. off the high turnbuckle and then make the tag and all that stuff. <laughs> I love it. And speaking of the European team and the European tour, before we go to break, because we've got to take a, a quicker break in, in segment three today, because on the other side, Santa Scully will be here. Santa Scully giving away, we have so much to give away. You know, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is continuing. We gave away wingmen, uh, Bushnell wingmen last week across Canada. And now this week, in celebration of the upcoming Olympics and Team Canada, Adam's giving away 10 Team Canada polos on today's show, five in the next segment, five in hour two. So uh, we're going to take a, a, a break here so that we can get to those giveaways. But before we do, Bob... Victor Hovland, the first ever Norwegian-born winner on the European Tour, wins the BMW Championship. It's a two-shot victory over Martin Keimer. Um, you know, Hovland just continues to shine. He's a great young player. He hasn't reached that level of uh, Colin Morikawa yet, who has, has, has that major and that WGC, but you got to think. It is a matter of time before Victor Hovland does something to that degree, no? i got to give you credit, Mark. You've been picking him in uh, in our edge picks for the last little while, and you knew he was bubbling. You knew he was trending. Unfortunately for you, it didn't come on the PGA Tour. It came on the European Tour, so you can't count it. But you uh, you certainly predicted this win, and uh, and it is a great win. He just... He's just a really neat guy. Now, don't forget last, uh, don't forget at the U.S. Open, he had that little eye injury. Remember, he got a grain yep. of sand in his eye. Yep. And I will tell you that our position, uh, the TSN position, was on the range. And um, Victor Hovland was actually, the, the day after pulling out of the tournament, was back on the range working with his coach. And he worked hard Saturday and Sunday. So, obviously, the eye injury was not all that severe, but enough to make him pull out, although his score may have been part of the reason as well. But he was working very hard Saturday and Sunday on the range, so uh, I guess hard work pays off for him. I think hard work does pay off, and I think maybe Bob, maybe somebody that should be on the radar in a few weeks when we get to the year's final major. We'll have to see. Slower greens always help him as well, typically speaking, so we will see. Okay, on the other side, Santa Scully, going to give it all away. I don't know why. I don't know. He he knows who the winners are. He's done the work. He's checked the nice, the naughty list, the whole deal. Someone's getting polos. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, we got things to give away. I totally forgot to tee up the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card, of course. Anyone who wins a Mr. Butcher $100 gift card goes into the draw for the grand prize, which is a barbecue for you and 10 of your best friends later this summer. 
Now, if you have already won a Mr. Butcher gift card, please do not call. You are not eligible if you've already won a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card. We're going to open up the phone lines, 870-1050, 870-1050. Anyone in the greater Toronto area is eligible to win. We are looking for the first correct caller, 870-1050. Harris English won the Travelers Championship. It's his second victory of the season. He joins how many other players? How many players? What is the total number now of players that have won multiple times this season on the PGA Tour? We have blank multiple winners this season on the PGA Tour. 870-1050, 870-1050. Harris English wins the Travelers Championship and now joins how many others? All right, let's do it. Adam, those jerseys, you know how many people were asking me about our shirts on uh, both our radio to TV when Bob was making his way home from uh, California, and then our and then our TV show we we wore them again different polos. The Team Canada apparel from Adidas was a monster hit. Were you getting comments? I was getting comments left, right, and center. I was hearing from people I hadn't heard from in years. Uh, all about these great Team Canada official Adidas Olympic apparel shirts they'll be wearing in Tokyo just under a month or a month or so away from that. Very exciting stuff. But, yes, we wore them last week. And, Mark, is it time? Should we start giving away some shirts? Yeah, you're going to give away 10 polos. You're going to go five now, five at the end of the show. And, um, Adam, like, let's give these things away. How, first of all, how, could, how did they win? So how they won, they followed Golf Talk Canada, they followed Adidas Canada on Twitter and Instagram, tagged their golfing buddies, and used the hashtag Golf Canada Fan Gear. Before I announce the winners, I have to say thank you to everyone who reached out. Thank you to everyone who's helped us reach 10,000 followers on Twitter. Thank you very much. We're now at about 8,500 on Instagram, so the road to 10K is well underway on Instagram as well. So thank you to everyone who reached out on both platforms. But here are the first five winners. We have at Daryl Gibson NYQR. We have at Barb Jones underscore 66 underscore. We have at Rid Bill. We have at Bri- or B underscore Shepherd 17, Brian Shepherd, and at Teebs 1968. Congrats to all you five. We will be reaching out to you on social media, and from there, we'll help you claim your prize. Nice. Well done. And we're going to do five more at the end of today's show in the back of the second hour. Bob, I have yet to see yours. Did you? Did, 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 I did get mine. I just want okay. to make sure something. These these giveaways, these are not game-worn, right? These aren't the ones you guys wore last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't going to say anything. I might have worked. No, no. They are not game-worn. Uh, in the package, they will be not not on, on TV. There won't be any makeup smudges on them. They will be sent right to the winners um, in, in the package. Official apparel. The same apparel that Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and now Elena Sharp and Brooke Henderson will be wearing come Tokyo. Now, I am—I believe, gentlemen, we are still looking for a Mr. Butcher winner. Normally, it takes about, honestly, 20 seconds. Hmm. Phone lines light up, and we're giving away meat. It's what we do here at the end of hour one. Uh, but I see Chris still hammering the phones with a, uh, a struggled look on his face, 
uh, let's just mm. say, look, he's yeah, look, he's concentrating, looking, waiting for the right answer. I'm doing play by play on our giveaway like now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say that the question we posed maybe a little challenging, a little more challenging than they have been in the past. I just wanted to test our. Our listeners. It's so. all right, Skulls. It's yeah. okay. Let them work for it a little bit, yeah. and, and we'll go from there. Uh, in hour two of today's show, we're on the other side, we're going to look at Canadian golf moments. We'll do winners, where to what. You're, you guys are going to bring us home today in the final 30, because I've got something I need to take care of that I can't get around. You know, we are still living in a bit of a COVID environment. We're getting appointments and things like that are, are harder. Yes, there you go. Uh, harder than, than, than normal. And the Zacchino family are going to a one-car family. We are shrinking oh. our footprint. So there you big go. Day. It's a big, big day, day for the Zacchino family. We're shrinking our footprint. So I don't know if that means I'm walking to the golf course from now on <laughs> and then hike, hitchhiking to the studio, but I think that that's where... Uh, this is going to land. Uh, before we wrap up segment one, Adam, I was talking to Bob earlier. I know, I guess, like Bob said, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, what about that? Uh, before I, wa- I know I want to ask you about your hat. I will, but I want to know about uh, the fifteenth hole. Did you think the fifteenth hole should have been in the playoff of the Travelers Championship? Well, I mean, given the way Bubba Watson played it, like the iron off the tee, like not quite a hosel, but it was just a weird play. I really think that the 15th hole would have been great. But like Bob said, you, you can only expect these playoffs to go, what, one, two, maybe three holes. But to nearly play another eight or to play another eight holes, it would have been great in hindsight 2020. But I, I'm with you there, Bob. You know, one of the other things about that that I was thinking about after after we talked about it was, you know, this from, from Mark from when when the when the tournament starts wrapping up, they start pulling the cables and the television stuff, right? So maybe there yeah. wasn't even television coverage anymore on the fifteenth uh, hole. It might have been difficult to do that. So yeah, there's another been. reason why they probably didn't include one of the best holes on the golf course. All right, we have a winner, Mr. Steve Roy. Mr. Steve Roy, no, no, knew, excuse me, that. Harris English becomes the fifth player this season, the fifth player this season to become a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. So five players out. But yet, we're still living in an environment, guys, where, okay, we've got five guys that have won twice. But we don't have that player that can go win, that's winning four, five, six times a year. And... You know, I'm trying to remember what the last year was where we were, you know, what year was it, Bob, where Jason Day and and, uh, Jordan Spieth, was that 15, 16, where they won five times each? That's Mm -hmm. really the last time we've seen kind of anything along those lines. Right now, the FedEx Cup standings are as such. Patrick Cantley, followed by Harris English, John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, and Jason Kokrak. The two-time winners on the PGU Tour are Cantley, English, DeChambeau, Jason Kokrak, and Stuart Sink is the other two-time winner. John Rahm with the asterisk, of course, because the Cantley-Rahm situation obviously is an interesting one. Are you guys surprised? 
or is this the new norm, Bob? Or 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 sooner or later, someone going to break out with a like a four or five win season again? I can't believe we're asking about four or five win seasons because you guys remember VJ Singh and Tiger Woods racking up seven, eight, nine win seasons on the regular, and here we are looking for someone to win three and get back to a four or five year uh, number. Or, or is this just the new world, Bob? I think it's tough to win on the PGA Tour anytime, and it gets tougher and tougher every year. I, I, but I do think there are ebbs and flows. I think some players can catch a little bit of a hot streak, and if they get on the right courses that they seem to like that favor their style and their uh, their past performances on those courses, I think they can run it off. But I, I think the, the VJ Tiger 8, 9, 10 seasons are gone. I don't think we'll see those. I mean, it, I hope we do. It would be amazing. But I think it's going to be like if you win two or three times, that's going to be more the uh, – uh, the norm these days for for multiple wins. Who's the first to get the three, Bob? Or do we get the three out of those? Uh, Cantley, English, Deshambo, Kokrak, Sink. Who's the first probably, to get the three? Probably probably Bryson, but I wouldn't put it past Jason Kokrak. I think that guy's such a good putter that if he gets on a hot streak, you never know. Adam, I think it's Deshambo, and I think it might happen this week in Detroit. I was. Just going to say the exact same thing. I mean, he's, he's defending at the Rocket Mortgage. I know, Mark, you were on location last year at the Rocket Mortgage. Yep. The first time you saw Bryson in 3D when he was, yes. you know, the, the Incredible Hulk. But right when he was, like, in the uh, initial process of seeing him for the first time when he put on that, you know, 30, 40 pounds. And he absolutely demolished the field at that golf course, you know, flying drives upwards of 350, 360, 370. I also wouldn't be surprised if Bryson picks up win number three this week and maybe might be on my TSN Edge pick on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, I'm looking at him too. He is the defending champion. He's played well here before, as your point. He was bombing it when I saw him for the first time in person after the extra last 35 pounds of bulk or whatever the number was. It was shocking. Um, this was my first event back last year, guys, after COVID. And, you know, it was just eerie crossing the border, working on the golf course without, without a crowd and a gallery, like calling golf and no one there to absorb the sound was bizarre. Quickly, before we go to break, just because it's fresh in my mind, I remember Webb Simpson. I was following Webb Simpson in one of the rounds. It might have been Saturday. And he was playing flawless golf, like just beautiful, beautiful golf. And he had yet to miss a green the entire day. And we got to, I believe it was the 15th hole, and he hit it in a greenside bunker, and he jarred it for birdie. And I went off on my mic, and he, everybody in the group, the, the, the players, the guy, I'm the only one out there with them, right? So it's, so it's so quiet. They all looked at me and goes, even the radio guy is excited. Is what, <laughs> is what I got over there. But it was so bizarre, absolutely bizarre. But you know what? They'll have spectators out this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, so things will feel a little bit normal. And you know what? That, that Detroit Golf Club is, is, a, is a great old golf club. It's, it's a classic. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait for those TSN edge picks because maybe we got two Bryces. Maybe we got Scully and Zacchino both on Bryson coming up in uh, this week's picks. Okay, what we got coming up here in hour two? We got Adam Scully's going to give away another five shirts. The boys, they're going to do Winners Weird and What. What has been the Canadian golf moment or highlight of the year so far? That is a question we will ask off the top of our two. I am going to suggest to you, both you gentlemen, that although we have had a couple highlights this year, Mike Weir winning, a couple of leads in majors, 
I'm going to suggest to you that the Canadian golf moment of the year has not occurred yet. That's what I'm going to And I think there might be a medal in our future. Maybe oh. a medal in our future. So we will see. We'll ask that. We'll do a little over par, under par, setting up the Rocket Mortgage. Who comes out of the Travelers with a little heat, good or bad? And then, uh, and then we'll get to uh, more polos as Scully Claus makes another appearance. Is it... Are we going with Santa Scully or Scully Claus? What, what do we I want? Both here? work very I well. I, I, I feel like we might put a poll out on social media or something, and maybe that's uh, you it. Know, the Next golf throw it out there, Adam, for hour two. Is it uh, Santa Scully Claus or Santa Scully or what? Well, some like of it. those. Throw out like some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it in an hour two. Coming up next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Hour 2 GTC. The gang is all here. We are going to give away five more polos, and Adam's going to get you caught up on all things 20 Weeks TaylorMade and TSN Golf Talk Canada Television later on in the show. Bob and Adam will bring you home with Winners Weird and What, but we're going to kick it off here, guys, with uh, Canadian Golf Moment of the Year so far, or what stands out for you guys looking back on what has been a super season. We have one major left to go. Um, and we've got majors left on the LPGA schedule. You know, we've got Mike Weir, a winner already on the Champions Tour. I think for me, even though we've had some great moments, I got to go with Mike Weir's victory probably as the highlight for me for my Canadian golf season so far. Um, it was just so great to see him able to get something out of all the hard work and everything that he's been through in the last eight years or so with the injuries and the, the swing changes and fighting so hard to get back to, to where he is and just has had such a great season. It's more than just the victory. He's had a great season on the Champions Tour. So for me, that is the highlight. Although I will say, I still think there's something big coming, whether it's a medal in the Olympics whether it's a playoff victory, I don't know. There's just something coming. I feel it. Uh, Adam, uh, Bob, what pops out of you guys? Bob, let's start with you. What, what, what leaps out at you so far from a Canadian perspective? And is it hard to just go with one? Yeah, I think there's been a few good ones out there, obviously. I think, you know, the Mike Weir one did a couple things for me. One, it is, it, you know, Mike's... Mike's career and my career have kind of followed along. So it was nice to see him back in the winner's circle after all those years of being in the downside. You kind of follow along this guy and you, and, and I kind of forgot how much Canadian golfers love Mike Weir. The outpouring of emotion and 
uh, feel-good stuff about happening. You know, that's what it really was. It was a really a feel-good story for Mike Weir to win on that. I, I also think, though, that Brooke winning uh, back in April for her 10th PGA Tour win is something that, on the same sort of token, we almost take it for granted. We almost, mm-hmm. when she wins now, oh, yeah, well, she should be winning. She should be winning. You know, that's kind of the way we look at it. So, but both those are great. But I, I think you could also encapsulate the whole year and say, my gosh, look at where we've been. We've got wins on the on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. We've got LPGA Tour Champions Tour. Nothing on the PGA Tour, but we've had guys in contention at major championships and, um, you know, all sorts of new frontiers kind of pushing or, or revisited frontiers that we haven't been there in a while is pretty good. So, uh, I, but I would probably go with Mike's pick, Mike's win as, as the, uh, the story of the year so far. Adam, for Adam. you, where are you at on this? Because, uh, you know, Bob and I kind of agree on that. But again, uh, to Bob's point, it, it's easy to brush over Brooke all the time because it, it, it's a... It's a backhand. It's a compliment is what it is. It's we're saying that we just expect so much from her that, you know, um, maybe it's not celebrated as much for for is the right way of putting it. And until another major rolls around, maybe we don't celebrate it as much or potential medal at the Olympics would certainly get celebrated. Where are you on this? I mean, all three of us had Mike Weir winning on the Champions Tour during our year in review special back around Christmas time, looking at 2021. We all maybe expected him to win. We all hoped he would win, and he did that. But for me, the moment of the year is Brooke Henderson winning her 10th career LPGA tournament. Just the significance of reaching double digits. To me, that's an absolutely huge stat. But also the way she did it as well. We all know Brooke Henderson as this elite, world-class ball striker, tee to green, so good. But around the greens, if she's not chipping and putting well, she's not going to contend. And generally speaking, when she does, she's always in the mix. But the way she did it winning back in April, that chip in on the back nine, and the up and down she made on the 18th hole after going long, with kind of in like this gnarly lie, I had to really zip a chip really well, got up and down, to do that so 10th victory for brooke henderson obviously mike weir beating john daly of all people uh, to pick up his first career pga tour champions victory but how about stephen ames winning as well and mike weir coming second runner up one two on pga tour champions another huge moment this year in 2021 but the, the cool thing about this conversation in years past there have been you know one or two moments that we sort of talk about at length but here, there are so many different topics we can go to because the state of Canadian golf is in such a great place right now. So kudos to everyone, all of our Canadian professionals who are playing great golf right now. As Canada Day, as we know, is on Thursday. So kudos to them, and hopefully we see a victory very soon. And it's funny you bring that up, Adam. And by the way, Mike Weir is currently eighth in the Charles Schwab Cup standings, and Stephen Ames is 21st, so both having good seasons. Uh, but it's funny you bring that up and how many different ways you can take this because one of the interesting things that popped into my mind when we said, hey, let's do something for Canada today, let's do a segment about the year that or the season that has been for Canadian golf, one of the things that popped into my brain was something that's more local, something that's more provincial, and was the fight of the Canadian golfer and the community in this province I thought was so awesome to see when we were uh, not just golf, tennis, a lot of outdoor activities were basically wrongfully closed without science, without any uh, reason to be taking it away from people. And the fight 
from the Canadian golf community, the Ontario golf community, I thought was something that leaped out at me right away. I mean, that's the first thing, to be honest with you, that came to my mind when you said, when you said it, Adam, because, you know, now it's what? It's uh, six weeks. No, it's more than that. It's a few weeks behind us, right? But it's not that far behind us. It wasn't too long ago that we were having uh, Dr. Bogosh on this show to try to have a conversation as to why it is safe to be outside and why it is so wrong for a government to just arbitrarily shut down any sector, not just golf. And I said this aloud so many times because I didn't want people to think this was a golf guy whining about golf because it wasn't a golf guy whining about golf. It's when there was, there's overreaching and you're overstepping your authority without bat, without any data, without any proof. It's a scary situation, and it's wrong. And it happened in golf. It happened in tennis. It happened to a bunch of industries. And we were talking about it like six, seven weeks ago going, we don't know if we're going to play golf. Do you remember? So, so for me, guys, that is what stood out for me is the passion and the fight of the Ontario golf community to me is truly the number one Canadian golf story as we now approach Canada Day. It's uh, it's amazing to see how many people came in for us, and obviously people who love love golf were were passionate about it, as you said, and, and put up a fight. Um, it's interesting to note that since golf restarted, I haven't heard one incident of COVID transmission yeah. anywhere. So I think we uh, we can pat ourselves on the back at least, or pat uh, Dr. Bogosh on the back as well. Uh, I wish that passion would would remain with us in in other issues that are facing golf, and I hope that they probably will, such as the aforementioned. Um, uh, fight to keep municipal golf in Toronto, things like that. So there's there's a lot of passionate golfers out there, and perhaps this is a rallying cry that'll go forward. I don't know, Adam. What do you think? Yeah, I'm the same way too. And it was interesting, you know, during the lockdown and now post the golf lockdown and now post or post lockdown for golf, seeing you know on the U.S. Open broadcast and the PGA Championship broadcast, the guys would actually talk about it. They would mention it because you know Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes are both in the mix. Brooke Henderson asked about it after winning on the LPGA Tour 10th career victory back in April as well. Corey Connors was asked about it. Mackenzie Hughes was asked about it, and and they weren't shy with their opinions. And it, it's it's crazy because it, you know that was Mark you were mentioning six or seven weeks ago. At some point. To me, anyway, that feels like yesterday, and at some points, that feels like it was two years ago, just because of the way the world is shaping up right now and what's gone on. I really thought, um, you know, I'm starting to get my schedule for the second half of the season now, and obviously I'm going to be back on the road uh, as a regular member of my team. I know Bob just traveled to uh, California for the U.S. Open. Adam, you're going to be with me at the Can-Am Cup, you know, so like, We've got life returning and traveling back to normal, but uh, you're right in the sense that I thought COVID, the one thing uh, that COVID would do to our lives is kind of slow time down. Because I always thought before, you know, pre-COVID, when I wasn't traveling, Bob, I wonder, I, I never have asked you this. I, I want your opinion on this because you, you, you're, you're like me, you've been on the road for so long. When I wasn't traveling pre-COVID, I really thought that uh, you know time moved slower when I was at home. And when my travel schedule was busy, the months just fell off the calendar. And I thought COVID would, would have the same effect because I'd be at home and time would s- slow down. But to Adam's point, I, I, it's a blur. That, that, like, I mean, like, so much has happened and time is moving so fast and I mean, I think before we know it, we're going to be looking up going, this summer's, this summer's almost over. And, and I remember 
you know, the fight, the fight to even get to here. But it's it, to, to Adam's point, it feels a bit of a blur. Yeah, it does. It, it kind of feels like the last season and the part at the start of this season are all never we're all one. Like they oh, never man. really kind of ended, right? It just kind of flowed, and there was golf, and uh, we found ways to cover it uh, from here without traveling. But I, I I must admit, you know, having been on the road for as many years as I have, uh, it was very weird to be home so much. And uh, and I'm sure uh, there were a lot of people who were happy to kick me out the door when I did go to the Masters a couple times and things, but it was, uh, it's very strange and you're right. It's, um, I, I think golf in, in a lot of ways though, also kind of was a salve to this wound of COVID, you know, it allowed us to do something that felt normal. All right, before we go to break guys, cause on the other side, we're gonna do a little over par under par with some players coming out of the Travelers Championship. I am curious, obviously a lot of COVID pol- uh, protocol still in place. Um, we are entering different phases. We are about to enter phase two in the province of Ontario. At what point, and maybe Bob, you know this, maybe you've spoken to someone about this. At what point, at what phase in the process are we taking the flag out? Are rakes back on a golf course? At what point do we know, like, is, has there been a number, put it this way, when we're entering these phases and these stages in Ontario, there are benchmarks set. Federally, there was benchmarks set on travel protocols, which is why we're opening up now, because our prime minister said, when we hit 70% of dose one, we're going to be able to do this. When we hit, we're gonna, there are benchmarks, and we're hitting them, and things are being removed and being reopened. What are the benchmarks for Mark saying a Bob do you want it in or out, Bob? What do you think the benchmark is for that? Uh, for me, it's in. <laughs> so, but I think <laughs> I think it's coming. I heard out I heard out in BC that they're actually moving towards that now. So it'll be a matter of time. The only thing I really miss, like I, I don't think I'll ever take the pin out to to, to putt anymore anyway. But I think the rakes and the bunkers are a big one, and even little things like having uh, um, uh, water. You know, drinking fountains available, just little things like that, that that make things back to normal. I think it's coming. I think it's coming before the end of this year. By the end of this season, golf season, it will be 95% like it was before COVID, I predict. That's that's awesome. I hate putting with the flag sticking. I'll be honest. I mean, I can't stand it. To me, it looks at, and, and, and some of the clubs that I play at, including my own, we have a, our, our COVID uh, protocol is like a little plastic lid on the cup. So you see a little plastic lid on the cup and then a stick in the middle. And I look at it and I go, the ball doesn't fit is what, <laughs> I'm like, where's the ball going to go? There's no room for it. So Adam, what, uh, do you think, Bob's, you think Bob's right? Do you think we're we're back to ninety five percent of the way there at some point before this golf season closes? I think we're close. I mean, before I you mentioned the plastic cup, and you had a COVID ace last year. That I mean, we, yes, we I could did. debate yep. whether it was an ace or not, but I, I would say pretty much it, it was an ace. But for me, the thing that I'm curious about <laughs> is is rakes, um, because some people in COVID or not COVID just don't rake bunkers, or just don't rake them well. So I'm really curious. If we ever see rakes back on public golf courses, you know, just play a preferred lie and let the maintenance people rake them properly, because I'd say the vast majority, at least 50% of people don't either rake bunkers or rake them the right way. And if you're in a footprint, 
you know, there's not really not much you can do. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little longer for rakes, but I'm, I'm with you, Mark. I really don't like putting with the flagstick in. As you know, I don't struggle with my putting at all. So I'm looking for any excuse <laughs> I can use for the removal of any <laughs> pin. So, I mean, you know, remove the pin, put a blindfold on me. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the pins being removed. But the pin caddy has been a great invention. I remember having the guys on our show. It would have been last April, last May. What an unbelievable invention that has been. And that's really changed the way we putt on the green. I will say that uh, I have spoken to multiple members at multiple different private clubs in Toronto, and there is a surprisingly uh, large amount of people that hope rakes never come back to just daily regular golf. That they just let's just keep playing preferred lies. Let's get rid of the bunker. I don't. To me, I'm I'm caught in the middle because I love fast play. I hate slow play. And but at the same point, it certainly changes the integrity of the game in the sense that you can just always have a perfect lie in a bunker because you just, you know, rake it with your foot, place the ball on top. However, your club deals with it. It's, it's a bit of, bit of a catch 22. Maybe that's another Twitter poll question for another day. OK, on the other side, we'll under par over par with some of the big names exiting the Travelers Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Weeks, Scully. Before we get to a little over par, under par, bit of a rough week for Team Canada guys at the Travelers Championship. Roger Sloan, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, uh, Michael Glickick, all missing the cut at the Travelers Championship. Mackenzie Hughes making it on the number. I think Mac. I think fatigue certainly playing a role there. That was a big week at uh, the U.S. Open. Lots of emotion to unpack as well. It's a bit of a letdown after you have a chance to win a major and it, and it doesn't happen and uh, to follow it up. But surprisingly, a lot of missed cuts. Where, Bob, you surprised? Especially, uh, I thought maybe Adam might be turning a corner. Are you a little surprised with that one? A little bit. He was at the U.S. Open for four rounds too, though, so maybe there's a, a little hangover for him as well, even though he wasn't in contention um, but uh, I, I think he's closer than we think. I think just talking to him there a few times, and he seems to feel that his game is going in the right way. Mac was a little more con- confusing. I guess, you know, being in the hunt obviously taxes you, but he has such a good record at that golf course. Uh, nice to see David Hearn make a cut and cash a check. Uh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy for him. I think, you know, the next, I think there's seven weeks left before the playoffs, six weeks left, something like that. So I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Canadians who are going to have to really grind it out here over the next little while to try and uh, retain their playing privileges. All right, boys, let's play a little over par, under par, and I'm going to just give you a heads up right now. There are no layups today. I am giving (laughs) you guys zero layups, no kick-ins, no pick-it-up. And we're going to start with a gentleman who is T5, who has a swollen knee, who says he can't concentrate unless it's a major. 
who somehow shoots 65 on Sunday and kind of backdoors the top five. Are you more concerned about the knee and the breaks and concentration or more impressed with the 65 and what he did last week at the U.S. Open? Adam Brooks Kepka, is he over par or is he under par? You know what, for me, anytime Brooks Kepka is relatively in contention or in the mix at a regular PGA Tour event, even though, yes, his knee is swollen and he doesn't, he can't focus unless it's a major, he's under par for me. I was over par on Brooks Kepka at the U.S. Open, given the expectations he puts on himself, but now under par, good finish here. He'll take some time now, rest up that knee, get ice on it. I don't know, trash talk Bryson on social media some more, and then he'll be ready for the Open Championship because I think he'll be strongly in the mix at the Open Championship in two weeks. Taking a vacation, not going to touch a golf club for 10 days. That's certainly part of this equation. Bob Kepka, is he under par or over par? I'm going to kind of trick myself from earlier in the show, but I think he's under par too. I think the fact that, um, you know, he's, he's such a – he know his game is just built or he wants to build his game around major championships so that's a, the next time we'll see him will be at a major championship hopefully by then his knee has uh has gone down the swelling has gone down with all the ice on it he's tweaked his game uh we know he gets focused for the major so you, you, I, I don't know how you can't pick him as under par he will not be on my open championship team however he was under par coming out of the U.S. Open for me, unlike Adam, and I am rarely got Kepka under par. I'm keeping him under par. I still think there's momentum, and I'm still think, thinking there's ways he's finding it. He's finding ways to get it done somehow, even not at 100%, etc. I'm with Bob. Um, he's going to be under par for me as well. Okay, Bob, let's stay with you because I want to call him your boy. He's not your boy, but you're certainly higher on him throughout the year, more so than Adam and I have been. Dustin Johnson loses world number one, has a hard time out of the gates of the Travelers Championship. He makes the cut on the number, but finds something on the Saturday with a 65, unable to continue the good play from Saturday to Sunday with a sloppy 74 on Sunday. Finishes T25. Dustin Dustin Johnson, a mediocre performance. I think that's fair. Over par, under par coming out of the Travelers Championship. Yeah, I, I, I keep waiting for this guy to bust out. I keep waiting for this slump to end, and it doesn't seem to be that it's going now. And so now I'm, I'm going to switch my allegiance. I'm going to go over par on Dustin Johnson right now. I know he went back to his sim driver from his sim 2, put a different uh, shaft in the driver. It was playing around, so there's obviously something in his head or in his hands that is bothering him off the tee. Um, I don't think that it's from a lack of effort at this point. But uh, right now, I don't know how you put him anywhere but, but over par. I also have him over par. Bob and I in agreement on DJ. Adam, Dustin Johnson, does that 65 impress you? Or are you more concerned that, hey, I had to fight to make the cut and I couldn't bring it on Sunday? Over par, under par. Yeah, he's over par for me as well. I had Dustin Johnson on my TSN Edge team last week. I thought, you know, showing some good form heading into the uh, the tournament last week at the Travelers. But, yeah, some inconsistency. It seems like the putter sort of ba- back and forth. He's still battling a two-way miss off the tee as well. And we saw in 2020, Dustin Johnson made the game look so easy, and especially FedEx Cup, Masters, um, throughout the FedEx Cup playoffs too. He was just 
he was dominant. He was number one in the world, and now it's just it seems like he's lost. Still, I'm curious which game he shows up with in two weeks as well. A couple of head scratchers here before we go to break. Francesco Molinari, who was showing some really form recently, goes 70, 73, 72, misses the cut. And Matthew Wolf, we just don't know uh, where Matthew Wolf's game is or where he's at. Um, obviously, dealt with some stuff off the golf course. Looked like he was on the road to come back. Opens with 76, shoots 69 in the second round, follows it up. Matthew Wolf will be in the field in Detroit where he has played well before. It'll be very interesting to see what we get from Matthew Wolf at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's an interesting story this week in the world of golf. Boys, I'm out of here. Thank you for taking it home. Winner's Weird and What coming up next. On the other side, it'll be 3-Dub. You're listening to Golf Talk Camp. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is off for the rest of the show mentioning uh, becoming a one-car family at these Aquino households. So he's uh, on his way to uh, do some work with that. And Bob and I are going to take you home with our favorite time of the show, Bob. And that is Winner's Weird and What. It's just a two-man three-dub today. And this week, my friend, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Adam, my uh, winner this week goes back to the uh, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. And I listed down here that Maria Fossi was my winner. She's not really my winner, but she was involved in the incident that makes the winning uh, the winner this week. So she got dinged for a two-shot penalty on Friday for slow play. And uh, Maria Fossi is a pretty big name in women's golf. Remember her from that great battle at the uh, Augusta Country Club's uh, in- amateur the women's amateur that they had mm-hmm. and now she's been playing pretty well on the lpga tour and it she obviously did not agree with the penalty the two strokes by the way which uh, caused her to miss the cut by one but the the point is that on the pga tour the only people who get dinged with slow play penalties are like you know 14 year old kids and journeymen who aren't really pga tour members and so I think it's big on the LPGA Tour and the rules officials who are running the PGA, the PGA of America, to actually give a penalty to a significant player out on the tour, and they're not afraid to call them on it. Now it would be interesting to see if they, how far they would go. But, um, but I think that's the only way you stop slow play is you've got to get the people who are responsible for it. Now Maria Fassi says there were other people in her group who were causing her to be slow, but... Listen, this is a great first step. They, they were progressive with the uh, range finders at both the men's and women's PGA Championship, and now the PGA is showing that they're not afraid to ding these players when they, are, when they should be dinged. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, is this a sign of things to come? It's a great first step by the LPGA Tour. You think as well to um, penalizing Maria Fossi in a in a threesome, playing with two other players. Um, which, if like if you're playing in a twosome, maybe it's more magnified when play is slower. Uh, but you, you think you could say this in so many different ways, or look in so many different directions. You think of the amateur game of younger girls or boys coming up in the game, watching their idols on TV, take a minute over the ball and think, I want to be just like player X. I'm going to do the same thing. And you have courses all over Canada, the GTA, the world saying, you know, we want to get pace of play up. We want to play in less than four hours. And you watch your idols on TV play in five and a half hours. There's an issue with that. I'm curious, you know, when are we going to see a PGA tour uh, official call a penalty. You mentioned uh, Wanton Long back in the 2014 Masters, still making the cut, by the way, but uh, or 14 years old and, and making the cut with the pe- stroke or uh, uh, penalty for slow play. I'm curious where they go next. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, my weird this week is uh, a weird story about, uh, uh, let me just pull it up here, uh, mm-hmm. Harris English's caddy, Eric Larson. Yes. Now, I don't know if you know if you've heard about this story, but it actually came to me last week when Graham Dillette and I were walking along at the US Open. We ran into Harris English and we had a brief chat on one of the tees. And Eric Larson is his caddy. Now, for a long time, Eric Larson was the caddy for Mark Kalkovecchia. However, in uh, 1995, he went to jail for 10 years for selling cocaine. Now, he says he was not a user of cocaine, but he needed the money and he spent 10 years in the slammer. And Mark Kalkovecchia uh, came to him and said, listen, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and see you. I'm going to help you out. And when you get out of here, if you still want a caddy, I'm going to make sure that you get a job. Uh, so he went, he was in three different penitentiaries in the U.S., in three different spots. And Mark Kalkovecchia came to visit him in each one of those. Uh, they were not necessarily on tour as they weren't beside tour events or anything. As You know, you don't usually find penitentiaries beside country clubs. So he went out of his way to visit. Um, because he liked this guy and he believed in this guy. And after the uh, after he got out, he arranged to set him up with Harris English. And he just loves his life on tour. And uh, he loves being free, obviously. And now he's uh, he's got this uh, big championship. So it's quite a story uh, for the caddy. Well, I don't know what you, what you... I can't think of anything like that. Have you heard anything like that before? I can't think of anything like that. We all know caddies are personalities, and some caddies have bigger personalities than others. This takes that to a whole new level, but a very successful partnership, especially this year. We saw in years past, Harris English's game was almost lost, but now he's won twice in 2021. You have to think, you know, Ryder Cup potentially for Harris English if he keeps that good play going. Probably will need another victory, but... I mean, for Steve Stricker, he has so many different players to choose from, but good for Harris English, and that's a wild partnership story, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, my what this week is, now that we've got the Olympic uh, players uh, finalized, my, my what this week is, what do we think about the Olympic format? I think it's boring. <laughs> I think it should be changed up a bit, and I compared it to curling. You know, there was the traditional curling that's been in and, and was a big hit in, uh, in the Olympics, but now they've added this mixed doubles, which is a different format and a different, obviously, uh, mix of players. There's just two players, a man and a woman. And I just cannot help but think that there would be so much better if they had a team competition of some sort involving men and women. Uh, this four-round stroke, four stroke play for me is just like yawn. I, I don't know. I don't get it, and I don't understand. Uh, if you could pick any format, Adam, what would you go with? You know what? It's it's very interesting you bring up the mixed curling because you know we're both curling fans, and to watch that style of curling, it's totally different. It's much more aggressive, 
and it's high scoring. You see a lot more takeouts and that sort of thing. But to bring this back to golf, I mean, having a mixed format or team would be great. Imagine Brooke Henderson and Mackenzie Hughes playing and it's straight alternate shot or whether it's a four man, I don't like team scramble or something. I don't know, just something different because you know, we see like the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. We see a team event. We see these different team events. The Ryder Cup happen a couple times a year. And we're always drawn in because there's something different. It's something different for the viewer. And I know we'll have this conversation as well on Golf Talk Canada television this upcoming Wednesday. But I think if you incorporate more of a team, whether it's alternate shot, that sort of thing, I think that would really up the entertainment factor. That's for sure. All right. Well, Adam, I'm done. And the tea is now yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, Bob, my winner this week is Brooks Kepka. So during the Travelers Championship, yes, he made a lot of headlines for the swollen knee and a great Sunday. But earlier in the week, he actually holed out from 159 yards. And we saw him look directly at the camera there and sort of give the, the money signal, like money, money, money. You could sort of see him uh, mouth Justin Thomas's name. And you might think, okay, this is interesting. I wonder if they have any side action going on, as, as Phil Mickelson would say. And in fact, they do. So Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka have a bet, a running wager going. According to multiple sources, it's $1,000 for each time either of them holds out from more than 50 yards. So 159 yards, Kepka cans it, gives the money sign. So I guess that's $1,000 going uh, to Brooks Kepka from Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas responded to a tweet when he saw it saying, damn it. But uh, a f- fun little side gig for these two guys. I love it when those guys, uh, when it shows up now, you're not supposed to bet on the PGA Tour. That's what the old rules are. But So I don't know if uh, Jay Monahan's going to look the other way on this one, but uh, that's, a fun, that's a fun thing. I think, again, it kind of humanizes them. I love it. Exactly. And, and these guys you know, have a great relationship from their times playing in the team events and very likely will be on another one come the Ryder Cup. Okay, my weird this week, Bob, we talked about my putting throughout this, this two hours and it's abysmal, but you know what? You see guys on the PGA Tour, when their putting struggles, they try a couple of different things, you know, whether it's the armbar putter, whether it's the claw, the saw, Jordan Spieth looking at the hole while he's putting. Well, Bubba Watson has been experimenting with this interesting method where he has one heel off the ground while putting inside of 10 feet it would happen every once in a while it's happened for the last month or two i've never i've never considered or thought of a player trying something like this you'd have to think this is all mental that it's have something to do with maybe your weights on one side i'm not really sure what do you think of bubba trying something that's so strange to help his putting bubba something mental i mean come on <laughs> that's like a two yeah uh, listen, it's um, in this game. I think it comes down to whatever works. And you look at uh, you look at what Nick Taylor was doing when he won at Pebble Beach. He was putting his weight on his one foot to chip. Right, that's sort of a drill that you do. And he mm-hmm. said it was working so well as a drill that he brought it into play. And I wonder if that's probably what Bubba's doing here. Is maybe as you said, maybe he's got his his weight on one foot, or maybe he's got his weight on his heels too much, and he wants to make sure he's on his front foot in order to putt. So. I'm sure there's some madness behind it. It'll be interesting to see if it continues. But with Bubba, man, you just you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen with Bubba Watson. And his finish on Sunday had the lead and, you know, back 9-41. It was sort of just came out of nowhere. 
Uh, looking forward to seeing what Bubba Watson has. He was in the mix through two days at the U.S. Open. Didn't have the greatest weekend of all time. And then, of course, this finish at the Travelers Championship. He had, you know, the, the fourth title right there at the Travelers Championship, but unfortunately couldn't get it done. And before we go to break, Bob, my what this week, Kevin Kisner had a very strange first round at the Travelers Championship. Not because he made a lot of birdies or a lot of bogeys. He actually made 18 pars and you've got to think for a touring professional that has to be probably the most frustrating day because the way Kisner hits it uh, he's always up there in terms of greens and regulation and fairways hit but to make 18 pars is is a very strange thing for Kisner now after the U.S. Open he was saying he's just looking forward to getting to the Travelers Championship and making some birdies and and Bob it took a couple (laughs) more days for Kisner to, to make some birdies but 18 pars in one round that's just strange. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. That happens more often than you think, but it is still very rare. And I got to think on some respects, you look at it and you go, oh, that must be really frustrating. And then another respect, you look at it and go, oh, Matt, I wonder how many saves the guy made or whatever to try and bring it all through. Uh, statistical anomalies, though, uh, are, are uh, prevalent on the PGA Tour. And this is just another episode of that. Yeah, just another episode of that for Kevin Kisner. A good finish, though. It's been a strange year for Kisner, but a good finish at the Travelers Championship. Well, Bob, coming up after the break, Santa Scully, Scully Claus, whatever we're calling this on social media, that is continuing because our giveaways are still going here on Golf Talk Canada. After the break, we are going to give away five more Adidas official Olympic shirts that Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, Brooke Henderson, and Elena Sharp will be wearing in Tokyo in about a month's time. We'll give away five more shirts coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Wrapping up today's show with some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Bob, over to you for some leaderboard. All right, European Tour, Victor Hovland, as we mentioned, uh, took a two-shot win over Martin Keimer at the BMW International Championship, which is a big event on the European Tour. And also, over in the Bridgestone Senior Players Championship, Steve Stricker with a six-shot victory over his good pal, Jerry Kelly. Uh, The top Canadians were Mike Weir and Stephen Ames, not surprisingly, both tied for 20th. I should point out, on the European Tour, Aaron Cockrell uh, was in that tournament. He missed missed the event. But in the, and also one more I'm going to give you, which is the PJ Tour Latino America. Uh, great finish for Drew Nesbitt of Toronto. He lost in a playoff for the championship to Connor Godsey. So nice finish or nice, yeah, nice week for, uh, for Drew Nesbitt on the uh, PJ Tour Latino America. Over to you, Adam. 
Speaking of nice weeks, how about on the Corn Ferry Tour, the Live and Work in Maine Open, where Chad Ramey took the win, a one-shot victory. A T18 finish for Canadian Adam Svensson, who of course won earlier this year on the Corn Ferry Tour. Good finish for him. LPGA Tour KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Nelly Korda, the new world number one, rounds of 70, 63, 68, 68. She takes a three-shot victory, her first career major championship. Brooke Henderson, a T21 finish. Elena Sharp, a T25. On the, cha- on the PGA Tour Travelers Championship, Harris English pulls through in an eight-hole playoff over Kramer Hickok. A couple other notables near the top of the leaderboard. Mark Leishman, Abraham Anser, Kevin Kisner, Mackenzie Hughes also made the cut at that tournament. And David Hearn as well, the two Canadians to make the cut on the PGA Tour. Now, Bob, we've been teasing us for the entire show. We gave away five shirts an hour ago. Now it's time to give away five more Adidas Olympic official shirts for those who commented on our posts, who followed Golf Talk Canada and Adidas Canada on Twitter and Instagram, and use the hashtag GolfCanadaFanGear. And the winners are at Jackie.Bob, at Nino Azurin, at Jocelyn Papraki, at Alex.Bunt, and at Mary Ann Cedar. We will be in touch with you via, on social media via DM to help you collect your prize. Now, Bob, speaking of prizes, not more weeks of t- oh, more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> S- Santa Claus, or, or uh, so on Sad social Scully. media, we, we put out a post a poll and to say, are we going to call this Scully Claus or Santa Scully? And I'm trying to find your Scully Claus, 66% thus far. It's taking the poll, 34 votes. You have another 23 hours to vote on that if you would (laughs) like. The giveaways do continue though, Bob, because 20 weeks of TaylorMade is continuing on Golf Top Canada. And later today, we will be giving away a Sim 2 driver. Wow. We are giving. Big That's a great Big prize. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in a draw. We'll be doing that draw a little later this afternoon. And we'll be giving away a Sim 2 driver. I believe there are eight weeks left and 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And, Bob, of course, the grand prize is a pretty good one too, isn't it? Complete. It's a complete set. It's a fitting experience. It's the entire thing. It's you're going to get – you're going to be treated like – uh dustin johnson or like rory mcelroy or like adam scully and you'll get in there and get you get your gear all set up that they perfectly fit to your game so you'll have absolutely no more excuses when you miss a shot right absolutely no more excuses wink wink nudge nudge but looking forward (laughs) to continuing 20 weeks of tailor-made uh throughout the season bob we're back on television on wednesday tsn 1 and 4 at 1 p.m eastern only a couple minutes left here but one conversation we are going to have for sure canadian olympic story brooke henderson elena sharp Corey connors mackenzie hughes we'll discuss them and I think we'll have a, the conversation as well about this team format. Should, there, should we change the team format and how good that would be at, at the Olympics to help spice things up a little bit? You know, it would even be – I realize that, that it, they're condensed schedules and guys are going back to the PGA Tour. Women are going over to major championships. I wonder if even if you took their scores uh, combined and they weren't playing together at the same time. So take the low Canadian mm-hmm. man and pair it with the low Canadian woman and that's the team score for Canada. Maybe that – could work out. I don't know. There's there's options out there. I don't think we'll see anything right away. 
obviously. But uh, listen, I think we've got legitimate medal chances in both men's and women's, and that's something that's something to be excited about. Something to be very excited about. I know you spoke to Brooke Henderson a couple of weeks ago who said maybe she put a little too much pressure on herself the first time around. She just won her first major championship a month or two before that Olympic Games in Rio back back five years ago. So uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Graham Dillette also had a great finish at the Olympics back in 2016 too with former NHLer Ray Whitney as his caddy. So looking forward to seeing what the Canadians do. TSN 1 in 4 Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Bob, thanks for a great show this week we'll talk to you this week on television coming up next on tsn 1050 it's the euros croatia against spain what a match that is going to be thank you so much for tuning in to golf talk canada we'll talk to you next time next monday right here on gtc this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by adidas golf and the all-new zg21 lightweight with zero compromise Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.